This is Kanzenshu, the podcast, episode 382 for the week of June 21st, 2015. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kanzenshu, the podcast, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Kanzenshu. That's right. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening a little bit of entertaining. My name is Mike Vegito EX. Joining me is a more different person this week. It is Jake. Hello, Herm, sir. Much more different. Much more different than the other, much more different, who is also different from the other guy. I figure I should put in an appearance once per year, just so people don't think me and Julian are the same person. <laughs> it's true. We do have to prove that you are separate people. Uh, how you doing, man? It's been a while. Yeah, pretty good. Weather here is fine on Jupiter. <laughs> no major storms going on? That, uh, the big, the red spots getting smaller day by day. Okay, that's good to hear. Uh, you are here. I'm actually quite excited because I get to talk about video games games with you. I know that you gave us the story for Attack of the Science on DS uh, back during its original Japanese release before we got the localized release. And has that been it? Is that the only video game we've ever talked about on the show together? Quite possibly. I think it might be. I know I played uh, Ultimate Butoden okay. a year after it actually came out. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe I talked about that on the podcast. No, and I can't even remember if I did a formal review on the podcast. I may have. Maybe I did something like this where we'll do a couple takes on it. What I like to do, and that's what we'll be talking about this episode, Extreme Butoden on the Nintendo 3DS, its Japanese release. I like these days to do these early first impressions and then come back to it in a couple of weeks and do a little more formal of a review. So that is what is on deck. We are right before the Dragon Ball Super debut in a couple of weeks. We have one more episode of Kai, that's going to wrap things up, and then it goes right into Dragon Ball Super. Uh, Super's been in the news, and that's uh, what our news segment's going to be, a little bit on Super, and then we're going to talk video games, and that's going to be our episode this week. We are trying to keep things neat and concise and clean as we head into crazy times of extreme documentation. Uh, Heath and I have already, I say Heath and I, mostly Heath, has already started doing a lot of the back-end work in preparation for Dragon Ball Super. Uh, I am there for moral support, and then Jake, you and Julian are there for the research end of the moral support. So how's that going so far for Super? Not much to do just yet, I guess. No, not really. But it, it does look like it actually exists. Yeah, we were concerned for a while there, I know. I said at one point that there was more evidence for the existence of Dragon Ball AF than of Super. Yeah, we, we finally got that trailer and it does seem to be a thing. And then again, July 5th could come and they might not be ready and might have a historic moment of sorry. Got nothing. Are you concerned about that? I have like a 5% concern that that might happen. Yeah, well, even if that does happen, it'll just save us a lot of work. That's true. That's true. All right. So speaking of Dragon Ball Super... Jake, the news this week has really been, it's been two things. We did get the August 2015 issue of V-Jump, which does contain the first chapter of the manga adaptation by Toyotaro. We are not going to talk about that right here. Thinking what we should do is actually hold on to that until the first episode of the show airs. That'll give us a little extra to talk about, compare and contrast, see what's different about the manga versus the TV show. Uh, similar to Toyotaro's revival of F-Manga adaptation, where things are 
were a little different here and there between the comic and the TV, or I guess in that case, the film adaptation. So if you're expecting that, hold tight. We will get to that. Really, the big news this week has been we have a name for a character. We did get the official website that updated with the the main visual for Dragon Ball Super, and it contained two new characters. Uh, One, everyone's pretty much just calling Fat Beerus, and the other one, people are pretty much just calling Female Whis. (laughs) We don't know that second character just yet, but we did get a name for Fat Beerus. Jake, this character's name is... Shampa. Shampa. So we did have a little bit of behind the scenes. It consents you. It's it's this kind of thing where we all have to agree on a name spelling because we know to some degree we're kind of coining it for fandom. I hate to kind of put it out there in that very egotistical way, but we kind of are as we saw with Beerus really. And so we wanted to be very sure <laughs> about what we were going to go with. And I can say that at the beginning of the day, we started with four different name spellings. And at the end of the day, we decided on one and Julian won again. He's really good at rock, paper, scissors. So we decided to go with a name spelling of C-H-A-M-P-A. And that's pronounced Champa because Jake, the name comes from... Champagne. We're assuming. Yeah. No <laughs> confirmation as of yet. It's literally just that beginning of the word, right? Yeah, it's just um, in Japanese, exact same spelling of champagne, but with the N on the end knocked off. Right, it's just that N at the end, so they knocked it off and this is the name spelling. So, I mean, there are plenty of ways that you could spell the name. You could spell it with an S-H, um, and this is something that you may have seen a little bit on Twitter. We were talking about this. Uh, actually, you and I were going back and forth a little bit, and I started where I wanted to just do what might be read as simply champ, and we were like, you know... Do we just go with it and explain the pronunciation each time we do it? Uh, what about the A at the end? Is that relevant? Do we do the CH versus SH? And Jake made a good point about when we spell Kakarot, we don't spell that with a C to bring out the carrot pun. But I really felt like with a champagne pun, the CH is kind of important. So it's we're weighing all these things back and forth. And this is what we wound up with. So you think the CH works pretty well? I think the CH works better with the PA at the end instead of just ending in the P sound. Yeah, so that people don't call him like champ. Right, like he's exactly. The champion. Right, right. Although even if they say him, even if they do call him champ, that's still not too far off from how Americans typically pronounce champagne. <laughs> Champagna. Who's the guy in Futurama who yeah. says yeah. champagne? <laughs> Zap Brannigan, exactly. That's who I was invoking there. So uh, that's what we've gone with. We are uh, looking forward to seeing what what appears to be female Weiss, what the name is going to be there. Uh, there are already associated appropriate names flying back and forth. We think maybe tequila or some kind of vodka spelling. There was a, a vodka character in filler somewhere, wasn't there? I feel like. Yeah, he's like a mobster, mm, I believe. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we could end up with a case where a name is accidentally reused, but uh, we don't know. We have no idea who this character is just yet. Jake, do you think that, I mean, I feel like it's pretty clear this is another God of Destruction and that's going to be this God of Destruction's attendant. Is that exactly where we're heading? Well, there's no way to say for sure, but it that seems that's the most likely guess at this point. Yeah. So Dragon Ball Super, we're getting the other dimensions, other gods of destruction. If this is the case, and again, we don't know just yet. How do you feel about it basically just being a larger version of Beerus is we've talked about the what's inferred in the Chozenshu description of what these alternate universe dimension type places are. And it seemed to be that it wasn't just looks the same, but slightly different. So where do you think we're heading here? And are you okay with that? Not knowing if we're right or not. Well, again, it's like, well, we don't really know where it's going. Yeah. But 
If it turns out that like the next universe over is just filled with fat versions of all the pre-existing characters, I find that amusing. Yeah, that would be okay. I mean, if that's the joke, so be it. I don't know. But on the other hand, I mean, it could be like he might he might be the god of another universe, but not be from that universe. If mm. that makes sense. Mm, okay. Like, like with tradition, like with the uh, the gods of Earth, yeah, they yeah, ended up being from Namek for various reasons sure or i mean it's you know we just don't know for sure so maybe he's from beerus's litter and traveled over to that universe that dimension it could also be that he's another god of destruction for universe seven Mm. which would which would contradict what we've been told so far but it wouldn't be the first time we've had that sort of contradiction yeah maybe he was the prior one and isn't actually dead who knows who knows but like with kayo kayo is introduced explicitly as the number one god in the universe one of a kind Mm -hmm. and then later on it's like oh wait actually there's four of them and they have this other guy who's their boss and you know later on it's like well there's these other gods who are the boss of their boss etc etc yeah it's i feel like you and i talk about this a lot where it's we know too much now and it's hard to place ourselves back in the time when you didn't know that on the horizon was an entire new step to this hierarchy yeah we've we're just too jaded <laughs> that's right we're too old and jaded that is Gonzenju in a nutshell uh there's really not anything else to say about dragon ball super right now we don't have much else since uh, the last podcast episode a week ago nothing about cast or production staff or really anything else we don't have voice actors to these new characters we only have a name for one of them (laughs) we're two weeks out i'm dying to know how this is going to play out and maybe they maybe toei is as well yeah that's true that's true so uh i guess we'll leave dragon ball super by the wayside for a little bit it's time to talk about video games So Extreme Butoden, it came out this month over in Japan. This is the latest fighting game on the portable consoles. Now it does have the Butoden title. Um, We've done lots of episodes about various games in this franchise over the years here on the podcast. I definitely want to point you back to uh, the Super Butoden kind of overview retrospective that Joe and I did. Uh, I will be sure to link that because I think it's a a good accompanying podcast to listen to along here. Uh, Those old games, they really were a self series and over the years I feel like Bandai Bandai Namco has kind of invoked this name for nostalgia purposes and Sometimes it doesn't go over well, but I feel like in the case of these particular games, it's actually worked pretty well. Ultimate Butoden came out on the Nintendo DS back in 2011 from a whole new developer. Didn't play exactly like the old Butoden games, but that wording it certainly invoked the feeling and the nostalgia of those games. Same thing here with Extreme Butoden from Arc System Works, uh, developers of the Guilty Gear series uh, here on the 3DS. Again, doesn't play exactly like the old Butoden game. Never mind, not even like Ultimate Butoden just a couple of years ago. It really is its own thing. Uh, no announcement of an international localization yet. We do have some hints. We did have that Australian rating. And most recently, the official page for Dragon Ball, the official Facebook page for Dragon Ball video games, posted up a link to a fan posted video on YouTube of the Super Butoden 2 opening saying, Does anyone remember this game? This 2D game? My comment was something like, you know, they're either hinting at something or they're being incredibly inconsiderate by saying something like that. Uh, Super Butoden 2 was a downloadable extra with Extreme Butoden over in Japan. Of course, the hysterical thing is Kenji Yamamoto shenanigans come back to haunt all of us as fans. Uh, its score has been replaced with all new Super Famicom tunes on this downloadable version. But that's Super Butoden 2, Extreme Butoden. Who knows if it's going to come out? 
over here. We assume it is. Jake, we've been playing with it for a while now. You have been explaining the story mode on Twitter. <laughs> I definitely do want to get to that because it is one of the most bonkers things that I've uh, seen in recent history. Let's start with just the raw gameplay itself. It's a 2D sprite-based fighting game, one-on-one. It's got teams a la something like the Marvel vs. Capcom series, and it's got Z-assists, which I would compare all just like the versus games as well, where you can call in the character to do an attack, or like the striker system in King of Fighters. The how the, how the um, jump superstar games were kind of set up as well. Yeah, on the bottom screen, you can tap those characters to come in and do their attack or swap your teammates. It's a very fast-paced game. I wouldn't say it's super, super fast. It's not quite Marvel versus Capcom 2 or 3, anything like that level. It's a little bit of a step down from that. Jake, uh, what has your history with fighting games been over the years? I've talked about it a lot. I grew up on Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat as well. How about you? Uh, I gotta admit, not a heck of a lot. Yeah, you mentioned you played Ultimate Butoden, so going back further, what else have you played, Dragon Ball or otherwise? anything that you've been into at all fighting game wise well dragon ball game wise uh before ultimate butoden i think the last thing was whatever the last game in the sparking series was okay meteor yeah and then before that it was the uh, budokai 3 the english version okay and that might have been it Okay, so you kind of, you play almost the best of these various game series, I suppose. That's okay. Yeah, wait a, wait a while until they perfect it, I guess. Exactly. You know, with Dragon Ball games, that's not a bad approach to take. That's certainly okay. So I guess jumping into this game, having played Ultimate Butoden, what were you expecting out of this game? Well, for Ultimate Butoden, the highlight really wasn't the gameplay as much as the what-if stories. Agreed. And like the, yeah. the character customizations. Mm-hmm. And kind of the bonus stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And this game isn't, doesn't quite have that much. You can't, um, there's, you can't add accessories to characters like you could in Ultimate Butoden. Mm-hmm. And the story mode is also a lot more pared down compared to what they had in Ultimate Butoden. But I think probably, I'm not, I'm no expert, like I said, on fighting games, but I think compared I feel like the fighting game system is probably more polished. Yeah. Because, or at least with me at least, uh, playing Ultimate Butoden ultimately just came down to using these special attacks, which were always just these mini games that had nothing to do with the rest of the fighting system. Mm-hmm. Whereas like you had, you know, you had to guide the the dots into the right place or... Right, right. These kind of DS-based mini games, you know, that had nothing to do with fighting games. And that would determine whether or not your attack worked. And that was like the most effective way to fight. But maybe that's just because mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a terrible gamer who always goes for the laziest strategies automatically. No, that's accurate. I mean, it was a Butoden game. You go back to, uh, not that Final Bout was a Butoden game. It certainly tried to represent that game series in the 3D era. But uh, I mean, Final Bout strategy was getting close and do a super attack if you can. And even in the old Butoden games, I mean, it really was a game of uh, charge up, fly away, fire super, hope the opponent doesn't counter or you press A faster than them. I mean, Dragon Ball games, Other, I'm going to be that guy other than Super Dragon Ball Z in the arcade and PS2. Yes, there's certainly depth to uh, a lot of the other games. Um, there's definitely depth in Budokai 3 and I will consider see that there's a good amount of depth in uh, the later sparking entries. But Dragon Ball, see, I think that's what got me excited here was having Ark working on a game like this, having someone with that pedigree behind them uh, approaching it fresh. I I felt the same way going into this game that I did with Super Dragon Ball Z, where that was Funimizu from um, ex-Capcom, who worked on the Street Fighter franchise, approaching the characters that I love in a genre that I love, that fresh approach. And so I came into this thinking, you know, is it going to be charging up and doing your 
super attacks or am I going to focus more on that close up linking combos, maybe some juggling, but then there's the Z assist characters. So is there going to be too much of an emphasis on that? And you know what? It's kind of a mix of all of that, you can charge up your key and you can do your super attacks from afar, just like the old uh, Super Butonen games on Super Famicom. Same thing where you can do that counter. It's the exact same motion. Uh, and then press A fast to do it uh, you know, faster than your opponent, overpower them. But you've also got those close-up combos. Uh, I found that there's some really good juggles with Gohan and Super Saiyan Goku. So I feel like it's technical on that level. And at the same time, you've got Z-Assists flying all over the place. That just makes for a bonkers gameplay experience. And that's kind of the fan service here, whereas Ultimate Butoden gave you the story mode fan service and the accessory fan service. Knowing that you can't do that with sprites, it's like they just threw in a whole bunch of fun nods and bonkers shit to go on in the background. Because they have, like, it was advertised as having over a hundred characters. Right, right. But almost, the majority of these are just the Z assist characters. Yeah, it's like twenty-five playable, I think, and then the rest are all Z assists. Yeah, yeah. And but the Z assists, they really did have all kinds of. It's like everyone and anyone is there. Yeah, you've got Kintone as a Z assist. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, the peel-off robot. Right, exactly. You've got the expected support characters like Lunge and Volma, those kind of characters. But then it's all the way up to Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta and beyond, yeah. where they'll do like 200 hit combos. It takes a while to fire off. So there is actually some skill and mind games going on in selecting who's your Z-Assist going to be. Seeing that it can have this long wind-up animation, specifically Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta, it's like, well, just get on the other side of them. But if you trap your in a combo or a super move while that's going off. I mean, you can really link a lot of stuff here. So how technical do you feel like you've gotten in the playtime we've had with the game so far? I mean, so far I've kind of stuck to basics. Mm -hmm. I've mostly been using like Kid Boo. Oh, really? seems to have the most um, easiest basic combo. Okay. I guess you could say. Essentially, I'm just button mashing and Boo seems to be the best character for that. He's doing, he's the Eddie Gordo from Tekken of this game where like you just press a bunch of buttons, cool stuff happens, you feel like you're playing pretty yeah. well. You know, he does the thing where his legs stretch mm -hmm. and all those crazy things. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, I guess so far, my biggest problem with the game is that there's a lot of um, Z assists like there's a lot of those characters I wish were playable mm -hmm. because that's the thing there's no overlap between Z assists and playable characters mm -hmm. so as like in the uh, ult of the uh, J J star games where like there'd be variation there'd be assist versions of characters and playable versions here right, it's right. just like there's a you know there's Gogeta they have both versions of him only as Z assists you can't play them and even for Golden Frieza and the uh, blue haired Vegeta uh -huh. I say. Yeah. So which and then for and then Super Saiyan 4, Goku and Vegeta, all these characters who you, I personally would kind of like to play as. Mm -hmm. So I think, I don't know, it feels sort of a shame in that way. Yeah, I feel very conflicted on it because I'm the kind of person where if I'm going to get a fighting game, if it's going to be a fresh start here, I'm okay with a modest roster of characters that feel very different. And I can say that every character I've played so far has felt very different. Yeah. Fat Boo is big and slow and strong. Younger Gohan is more agile and he can duck under stuff. Like Cell will just shoot right over top him. So you're not going to get yeah. hit by those beams. So these characters do feel different but uh, we're, we're such yeah. entitled dragon ball fans we've been told to expect so many playable characters that even i feel like i'm falling trapped to that now where we're we're told we're getting all these characters it's like oh i can't actually play as them they come out and tell pai pai throws his staff down and that's it and it like i agree it does seem like they put a lot of effort into making the different character playable characters feel individualized mm -hmm. but then at, at the same time they still do this they do this 
standard thing where Super Saiyan Goku is a different character than regular Goku. Right. And Super Saiyan God Goku and Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan Goku. <laughs> so that's like four versions of Goku where if it was like a, a sparking game, it wouldn't matter so much because there'd be every version of everybody playable. Mm -hmm. But here it's where you've got like only 25 characters. It seems kind of pointless to have four slots taken up by what are essentially just you know, palette swaps, kind of. Right, and same thing with Gohan, where you've got the younger, you've got the older, you've got the Super Saiyan older. I guess I should say, it does seem like they've tried to, even though the different forms of Goku look similar, they do have different strengths and weaknesses. They definitely do, yeah, and so I appreciate that, but like you're saying, it, it does feel like a little bit of, well, there's four here. <laughs> do we need yeah, all of those? Can we just scrap these guys and put in, like, I don't know, playable Tau Pai Pai or someone weird like that. Yeah. So the variety is pretty good. The variety of the playable characters other than, you know, the, the four or five Goku, uh, and especially the Z assists. Um, you were saying you didn't feel like you're getting too technical. I feel like I'm, I'm on the cusp of really understanding the fighting engine. They definitely encourage you to be in close. Uh, you do have those super moves, but you're encouraged to do the super moves by comboing into them. Uh, so you get a stronger version of it. But you can also do a further away one. You can charge up your key. But just like the old Butoden games, if you're charging up your key, you're wide open to attack. Guessing game going on with your opponent. Who's going to do what? You're going to like tease to charge your key, but then actually dash in. You have a lot of options to get in fast. Feels like a a fast technical game and I'm I'm very impressed with that so far but at the same time Xenoverse felt that way to me during my initial playthrough and Xenoverse was definitely not that in the long run and maybe that fighting is there under the surface in Xenoverse but with your custom character you're expected so much to just dump your bonus points into different attributes that it almost doesn't matter what the underlying fighting game is here it's just straight up it's a fighting game you've got all your basic attacks, all your super attacks, and you're left to your own devices to learn the character and choose your, your strengths and weaknesses versus your opponent. So, I mean, that's just the, the basic fighting engine so far. You've got your punches, your kicks, your strongs, your key attacks and your supers. I do want to talk about the story mode. It was pretty interesting and I, I saw a comment on Reddit about this. Someone put up some initial story mode gameplay and like, it's it's 10 fights, it's Reddit's taboo, that, that's the story mode in the game. <laughs> that's your introductory story. 10 fights, you get through it. That unlocks more stuff for you to do. And of course, I'm playing it in Japanese. I'm the loaded lowest of the four on the Japanese totem pole here. So Jake, I need you to explain the story. It is crazy. What is going on in Extreme Butoden? Well, like you said, it starts for a story mode, it starts out with what they call the Dragon Team arc, which is just kind of the standard Raditz Taboo thing, 10 fights. And then you get uh, individual story modes for Goku, Krillin, Gohan, Piccolo, Vegeta, and then what they call the Evil Army, which is basically all of the bad guys in at once. Mm -hmm. And so for every story mode up until that point, it sticks pretty much to the original story without like um not deviating much at all and but then for the evil army thing suddenly they bust out this completely original story where okay it starts out with pilaf has gathered the dragon balls and rather than wishing for world domination or money which he considers he ultimately decides to revive every single villain ever killed by goku and the others and then with the remaining two wishes he wishes to unlock their full potential for some reason okay and so now suddenly like raditz is now able to defeat a uh, super saiyan goku and piccolo at the same time and that so you play as raditz doing that and then nappa defeats vegeta and so essentially it's all these 
villains defeating whoever defeated them in the main story. Sure. And it kind of goes through that. And then at the very end, it's like, you know, all the heroes seem to be doomed. But then out of nowhere, uh, Beerus arrives looking for Super Saiyan God. And it describes him as defeating all the villains in a single blow. <laughs> okay. And then, <laughs> and then he's like, okay, you know, where's Super Saiyan God? And then they get together and so they have uh gohan vegeta future trunks gotenks and then bardock be the five saiyans who give their energy to goku to make him super saiyan god they even they, like stayed around debate is like well is bardock good enough because he was revived as one of the evil guys but... <laughs> that's funny <laughs> so they're aware yeah yeah but they're they're kind of in the corners like well we need one other so yeah and also bardock is the one who explains about super saiyan god in this version see this is the thing that's been worrying me for years is i it really felt like they were leading up to bardock not only being the original super saiyan but the original super saiyan god thankfully we haven't had that and it seems like we don't quite get that here, but he has the knowledge. Yeah, they don't go that far. They, he doesn't explain how he knows this either. But oh, okay. Still. And he also, he appears to have come from the past for whatever. So he's defeated Chilled in the past. Yeah, well, Chilled's a Z assist in the game. So yeah. all this crap is in the same continuity, sort of. It's more than a little confusing. Right. But anyway, so Goku becomes Super Saiyan God. And then you play as Beerus against Super Saiyan God Goku and you defeat him. Uh, so it's very, it's pretty much the end of Battle of Gods where it's like, well, I won't actually destroy the earth. Okay. And then Whis decides to, rather than like kill all the resurrected bad guys, Whis teleports them to this random planet where they apparently won't be able to cause any more trouble. And so Pilaf and Frieza and Broly and Boo and all the, everyone, they're all together on this planet and out off in God knows where. And they're be stuck there for three years until Beerus and Whis come back and they say like, oh, we're come back and play again and bring all these bad guys with us to have a fun time so is that the hint at the sequel i guess I, maybe so that's story mode and then in addition to that you have the makafushigi adventure mode the yes mystic adventure this is the place where you unlock stuff but yeah it's kind of impossible to unlock. i'm having such a hard time getting my s ranks and so it seems like it almost has the same premise as the evil army thing where, but okay, so this time, Yi Xinglong, the evil one-star dragon from GT, has come back to life in some completely unexplained manner. And he's warped time to revive all the other bad guys. So now, again, you've got all the bad guys in history wandering around Earth. And it's sort of, it's structured in a, a quasi-RPG kind of way. Mm -hmm. Where it seems like every, pretty much every fighting game we've had since the Budokai series has had this mode where you wander around uh, Dragon Ball Earth. Mm -hmm. and, like stop in, uh, stop in cities to talk to characters and get items and whatnot. Right. And this is essentially that, only it's set up more as a board game, kind of where there's paths you walk from city to city. And, oh yeah, so it's divided up into chapters based on areas. And each area, you're looking for one of the ultimate Dragon Balls, the Black Star Dragon Balls from GT, which for some poorly explained reason, you need to gather to put everything right with the world. And so at each location, there'd be, you know, you're talk to a character and sometimes you just talk and get an item. Sometimes you fight and get an item. And the item you get depends on how well you do in the fight. Like you have to meet specific challenges to get either at an, a B rank, an A rank, or an S rank, which is very confusing because I thought I was doing pretty well until I noticed that B rank was actually the lowest. 
Well, you're not used to this from Japanese games. It's always I mean, S is always the highest. Yeah, it's like S is always the highest, but usually they at least go down to C. But here it's yeah. like A is now just a middling rank. In yeah, A is medium. Yeah, and like I was saying, this is the main place where you're gonna unlock these extra Z assists, and it's a pain in the butt. Yeah, so it's like there's all these conditions. Like if you, know, you have to use black three blast combos to win, or win with uh, win in ten seconds, or crazy stuff like that and then it's like there's no it usually you have to get the s rank to actually get the character and then the B, a and b are just money i don't know it's not it's not very good at when it comes to runner-up prizes yeah they're, they're really encouraging you to get back in there and get those s ranks for the z assess i mean you get a, a good amount of playable characters to start um i feel like super saiyan god is locked later on and what other stuff do you unlock a little bit yeah, later so, so i i haven't gotten through the makafushigi mode yet but according to some stuff online i've read once you beat that that's when you unlock super saiyan god goku okay I and so. then that once you and it also will unlock the uh tournament mode yes which is still grayed out for me yeah yeah and me too and so but once you win tournament mode that's when you unlock beerus oh all right so we got a ways to go yeah yeah which is my main goal in the game right now is just to unlock beerus yeah i hear you you can only it's like you can play as him in the story mode for that one fight at the end but that's mm -hmm. it yeah and oh that is another difference with the makafushigi mode is you unlike story mode you get to decide like what characters you play as mm -hmm. in each fight with story mode, it's locked in, you know, based on the story. And um, I guess uh, to unlock Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan, the blue-haired Goku. <laughs> right. Um, it's, you have to, what is it? Like, you need data from... That came from the demo. Yeah. And apparently you can't unlock it any other way. I guess we should mention the various ways to unlock special characters in Zeusis. Well, that's the thing. I mean, right now, that's the way that you get him. But it seems like there's going to be a button press combo for lots of stuff so Jocko and Gine were this seems to be the the anomaly compared to everything else they were a unique eShop code that you get with the strategy guide for it but lots of other stuff are button presses the first pressing of the game comes with a golden Frieza disc cross uh, disc I guess you would say <laughs> and on the back of it it has the button press combination to put them in so you don't really need to get the first press edition of the game you just need to know the button press combo uh, the official website put up the code to unlock Ozaru as a Z assist. You could do the old school Butoden unlock code in the demo, which is up X down B L Y R A. I still remember it. All these years to get the blue haired Vegeta Z assist. Um, and there's a bunch of other ones. Turns out all the retailer specific pre-order items, those are all button press combos. There's some other ones. They're all just button press combos. So I'm curious to see if every single one in the game might actually have a button press combo. I mean, I've gone through yeah, and unlocked most of those. So I've got like five of the evil dragons and yeah, yeah. like all the Gogetas and whatnot. So I guess at this point we've talked about how does the game feel from a fighting engine perspective and placed in historical context and what's the story mode like and what's the fan service like? Are you having fun so far? So far. But I'm not sure if I'm going to remain motivated to get all the S-rank prizes. I in hear you. Yeah. Adventure mode. Yeah. Usually with Dragon Ball games, I'm at least committed to unlocking all the characters. But I can say in recent years, I haven't even done that. Just going back to Xenoverse that I was mentioning, I built up a strike in like up close fighting character. And the Bardock mission is not particularly great for that. It seems like you really need a key base character to do massive explosions to take out multiple enemies at once. So I haven't unlocked Bardock and Broly in Xenoverse, and I'm like, do I want to grind up a key base character to do that? Uh, I don't 
don't know. And over here in Extreme Butoden, do I really want to get the lunch Z assist from the S rank on that mission? Uh, I don't know. We'll see how much I want to do it. And of course, you can at least read everything that you're playing. I'm generally guessing or sending text messages to Julian like, hey, what does this say? Can you help me? please? Um, so I think a localization would definitely help everyone in that regard. I kind of feel the same way as you. It's like uh, I'm enjoying it so far. I love, love, love portable handheld games. I'm the kind of person that if everything could be on console and portable, I would love that. I'd love to play every game wherever I am. I think the fighting engine in this game is so good. I would love to play it up on a console with even more beautiful graphics. But then I feel like everything surrounding the game doesn't quite support a full price console game. It's just it's just not there. So it feels like a really solid effort, but I don't know if this is the the full complete experience that the game probably could be. But I'm really having fun with it so far. I guess we didn't really talk about the graphics too much, did we? I think I think it's both beautiful and could use yeah. a little work. I don't know yeah. how to describe it. I definitely I like it a lot compared to like the 3D models in most of the games. Yeah, I'm still having an issue though where it's less the sprite work and more the the infighting sprite work and more the additional artwork oh, yeah, in the yeah. game. Man, I feel like people just can't draw Dragon Ball anymore. There, there's a lot of off-model definitely people. The noses are weird. The hair ratio in comparison to the rest of the body. I don't know. I'm nitpicky about this stuff. I admit it, but it's true. Frieza has some very weird expressions in this game yeah. in particular. Yeah. But I, I think it's very well animated. There have been a lot of comparisons yeah. lately to what is that fan made game? Is it Hyper Dragon Ball Z? Is that the name of it? It's, really uh, around it's, out there. it's something like that where it's like it's it's like a if Capcom had made yeah, a yeah. Dragon Ball game. And that game's got some beautiful hand animated stuff from fans in there. There's some beautiful animation here. Uh, I think the attention to detail is wonderful. I was mentioning on Twitter the other day, Raditz's block animation pose is from that scene in the manga and the TV series where he kind of like grips his wrist and blocks Goku's Kamehameha. There's a lot of just little touches like that where they take so many different animations and poses from the characters all doing exactly what you think they would do. So it's, it's kind of beautiful in that regard. And we haven't had real good sprite-based Dragon Ball fighting in a long time. So it's great to see that again from a new developer too. I guess the cl- closest thing I can think of would be, what was it, Supersonic Warriors? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and we could say this is actually from that same developer. Yeah. <laughs> they worked on those games back on the Game Boy Advance, the first game, and then the original DS. That was one of the earliest DS games. I actually got that with my old DS fat, Supersonic Warriors too. So, I'm having fun. You're having fun. We seem to be on the cusp of a localization announcement. So with that maybe in mind, but maybe ignoring that, is this the kind of game that you would encourage people to seek out? Uh, Well, if you like fighting games. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's a fighting game. Maybe this is the sort of thing where you just wait around for like Extreme Butoden 3. (laughs) Maybe. When they've got everything ironed out. Well, that's the thing. Will we get that? Because we never got an Ultimate Butoden 2, of course that developer had its own issues. I don't know. I don't know because I'm really enjoying it, but I think it's so cliche. I said this with Xenoverse and I acknowledge how terrible it is, but it's the kind of thing where you just want to say, well, they set the stage for, you know, a great expansion or 
a great sequel here. And I really think they did. There's a lot of great stuff here. I'm going to be that guy and I hate to be that guy. I would love to see the roster expanded. I love the characters they have, but I've got enough Goku. I could use some other characters here. And I don't know, just Ultimate Butoden had so much great fan service. The customization options and those story modes, those vignettes were amazing. They were hysterical. They were well written. And this doesn't quite have that charm. So I think in terms of if you're going to seek out a portable import only <laughs> fighting game, I would recommend Ultimate Butoden on DS above this. And that's also easier because original DS and its games are not region locked. This is region locked. So unless you already have a Japanese 3DS and can read it, I might hold off on waiting for a localized version. I like the crazy story they have, but it's nothing to really go out of your way to experience if I mean, I just wait for a localization. So we're having fun. Wait for that hopefully impending localization. That is our uh, initial look at Extreme Butoden on the Nintendo 3DS. It is Japanese only right now. We will stay tuned to see how it continues to do in Japan. It did pretty well in Japan. Uh, the numbers, it's tough to run the numbers because portables versus console games versus different periods in time. The way that I framed it in our update, it's first week sales. It basically did as well as Xenoverse when you combine the PS3 and the PS4 sales. But then when you look at and Super Saiyan Prime on our forum was good about this. When you look at what the shipment allocations were versus what the sell-through was, was it as good as they expected? And how did that do in comparison to recent handheld games? And you got Heroes, which is its own monster. It's really tough to compare these numbers. So you, if you want it, get it. <laughs> I mean, that's so lame to say with Dragon Ball. But uh, at this point in 2015, you know what you're getting yourself into with pretty much all these games. I'm having fun. I think this is probably the deepest fighting game we've had in a long time. So if that's up your app, check it out let's bring this episode to a close because i uh, i was hoping this could be a shorter episode as we you know, kind of fly up through the super debut in a couple of weeks jake it's been a pleasure what you got going on anything nothing i can reveal to the public I see how it is. So that has been Jake. My name is Mike. We, of course, have our buddies Heath and Julian here with us at Kanzenshu, www.kanzenshu.com. That is Kanzenshu.com. We look forward to sharing in your excitement with Dragon Ball Super in the next couple of weeks. So with that... I say adieu. Jake, wrap it up. Well, this is Konzenchu. Check us out for super news if and when it comes in. If it's real. We assume it's real. We think it's real. Could just be a shared hallucination. <laughs> it could be. We're well overdue for one of those. Just a moment. 